This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their websites, enjoy freetalklive.com on the House Plus. It actually allows you to influence some of the stuff we'll talk about here on the air by submitting show prep suggestions to the site. Uh, Other people get to submit whatever they want. You get to submit whatever you want, and you get to vote on everything that's on the site. So the most popular items... We'll make it to the top and the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. Tonight, we're going to start out with a special guest, and it's an interview that I wish we didn't have to be doing. Uh, not because I don't want to talk to you, Jody. You're a very lovely lady, and uh, you're, you're on our Shrine of Female listeners, and you, you not only are a listener of Free Talk Live, but you're also, uh, you're also the, uh, the, the wife and partner and, of uh, Mark Emery, who unfortunately is not able to be here uh, to talk to us tonight. And Mark is normally very, very good at uh, at talking. In fact, I think he's somebody should offer him his own talk show. Uh, maybe when he gets it's hard out, to do him out of, in prison, right? Maybe when he gets out of uh, pr- federal prison, uh, he'll be able to do something like that. I know he used to have pot TV, and you guys do a whole lot. Mark Emery's one of the most was one of the most wanted men uh, in America. Can you explain to our listeners that don't know who he is uh, why that is? Well, Mark started out on a campaign for liberty and freedom back when he was very young in London, Ontario, and he fought against unjust laws such as forcing businesses to close on Sundays or censoring music and literature or any sort of violation on people's freedom to choose. So he's been a thorn in the establishment side since he was uh, just a young man running his own bookshop and trying to fight for freedom. But when he moved to Vancouver in 1994, he had decided to lead a uh, hemp marijuana revolution because he had discovered the book, The Emperor Wears No Clothes, had been banned in Canada, uh, wow. but it held the truth about hemp, and he fought to have the literature ban struck down. So when he went to Vancouver, he started selling marijuana seeds, saying that, you know, every movement needs money to fund itself because the prohibitionists and the government and the military, they all have a lot of money, whereas freedom activists don't have much at all. So he decided to take his skills with capitalism and making money and turn that into a business where he could fund the movement by the sale of marijuana seeds. And he became the most successful um, marijuana activist funder in the world. Yep. He donated over 10 years, up to $4 million. All the profits he made off of his seed business went towards state initiatives, suing the federal government, drug addiction clinics, rallies, conferences, um, political parties, medical marijuana co-ops, uh, all sorts of things. Mark was the man to go to for money if you wanted to change or end the unjust war on drugs. But back in 2005, the United States Drug Enforcement Administration, uh, collaborating with the Vancouver Police here in Canada, after the Vancouver Police failed to get him charged under Canadian law, they went ahead and indicted Mark in Washington State for conspiracy to manufacture marijuana and distribute marijuana Mm. through his seed sales to Americans. He was facing life in prison, and he decided instead to take a five-year plea deal, pleading guilty to one count, even though he's a Canadian who never left Canada, never went to the United States, paid income tax on his seed sales as a seed vendor, ran in numerous elections. Mark is a media and political hound. He just loves being out there and paying attention to a good cause. So 
That's why he was struck down. The DEA admitted in their press release that he was targeted for being the leader of a marijuana legalization yep. movement and funding the movement. So he um, he he didn't leave Canada. He sold his seeds. Uh, you know, he, everything he did, as far as the Canadians were for, were concerned, he, they couldn't they couldn't uh, get him for doing anything illegal in Canada. And well, the, it is actually against the law in Canada because in order to be extradited from one country to another, you have to violate a law in both countries. So on the books in Canada, it is illegal to sell seeds. However, Mark had already been convicted in 1998 in order to pay a 500 or $2,000 fine, so just a fine. And even after Mark got busted in 2005 with the United States working with Canadian police, there was another seed seller in Canada that ran Overgrow or Heaven's Stairway, and his name is Richard Baghdadian. He's selling marijuana seeds to Americans, advertising in High Times magazine, which Mark didn't even do. And this guy got busted in Canada and charged with exporting marijuana seeds and got a month of house arrest. And this guy had gold bars and all the fixings of a drug dealer, whereas Mark gave away every dollar and had $11 to his name because Mark is not a material person, and he made millions in order to give it all away. And that's why they went after him, because he was effective, because the United States is changing right. a lot of laws, a lot of their medical marijuana laws. Oh, Mark, for the seeds and the money that helps make it happen. He's an incredible uh, guy. We've had him on the show uh, a number of times in the past, and he's just an amazing activist. As you said, his history goes back long before uh, medical, or rather just marijuana activism. Uh, And the guy's principled. He's a liberty-minded gentleman, and it's a shame that this had to happen. But you're right. They totally targeted him because he was funding the movement, whereas this other guy's buying, you know, fast cars and a nice house for himself. Sure. He's not mm-hmm. as much of a threat because he's not spreading ideas. Uh, whereas exactly. Mark is is putting out. Mark was the publisher of Cannabis Culture Magazine uh, for many years, and you helped him out with that. By the way, Jody Emery is with us here from CannabisCulture.com. Want to make sure we get that website out because people, uh, if they want to keep up to date on this case, on Mark's situation, that's the best place to go and do it. CannabisCulture.com. Uh, but you actually co- uh, are are a, a one of the primary movers behind the scenes there, right? I mean, you're you're basically the editor of the the website well not so much anymore i run the company now that mark is gone and our company consists of cannabis culture magazine which is only online now because publishing is a little expensive and print media is dying but uh we run cannabis culture magazine cannabis culture headquarters which is our retail store in vancouver mark ran it as hemp bc and the bc marijuana party headquarters for many years so we sell all sorts of hemp and books and movies and ideas, and Mark has been very successful with that. So that's what I'm basically running now. I, I don't edit as much. We have a full-time staff for doing all of that, but I am fully integrated into every aspect of our enormous business and activism movement. So um, Mark's in, in jail or in prison here in the United States. Yep. What um, and and you know how long is it going to be for? Is it is he going to serve the whole sentence? How long is it? You know what, what's going to happen, Jody? Right now, he's at SeaTac Federal Detention Center, so he's awaiting sentencing, and the date for his sentencing is set for September 10th, so that may change a bit. Uh, like you said, our updates will be at CannabisCulture.com. So what they're waiting for is for Mark to be sentenced, and he already agreed to plead guilty on one count, because they originally indicted him on three conspiracy charges, which is how he's being held responsible, even though he never went to the U.S., uh, but those conspiracy charges all carried 10 years mandatory minimum, so he was facing 30 years to life. And the attorney general told, you know, designated Mark as the most wanted drug trafficking kingpin in Canada. Absolutely absurd. Wow. Um, 
So, so Mark is waiting for sentencing on a plea deal where he is agreeing to five years in prison. So we're hoping that the judge gives him the five-year sentence because if he gives less or more, then either side can appeal and Mark will have to go to trial, and that would be a much worse outcome. So we're hoping for five years, and then he'll make his application to come back to Canada because Canadians in the U.S. prison system typically get sent home uh, within six to ten months. But that was under our previous government, the Harper Conservative government, which is George Bush's bad hangover up here. Uh, he has been trying to delay or stop all transfers of Canadians, even though that violates their Charter of Rights and Freedoms right to return to Canada. So there are lawsuits against the federal government and wow. a class action lawsuit so, to try and bring Canadians home because they may refuse Mark's transfer request, um, wait, which means, you know, Mark would have to serve probably a full four years and two months because in the U.S. you get off on good behavior at 85%, and with a five-year sentence, that's about four years and two months. Now, I've been uh, following your Facebook posts, uh, Jody, since this happened uh, when Mark was... Because the last time we had Mark on was right before he was expecting to be extradited, and I think they arrested him, and then you guys did some sort of legal uh, something or other that got him taken out of whatever prison he was in there, the temporary holding prison. He was out for a little while, and then he, they got him again, and they, uh, they they sent him back down to the United States just not, not long ago. Uh, there's been a lot that's been going on up there. Can you tell us about some of the active that has centered around uh, helping free Mark when we come oh, back? Absolutely. All We've right. been really excited about encouraging people to Great. go. Hang on. Hold those thoughts. Hold okay. those thoughts. We'll come back with more with Jody Emery from CannabisCulture.com. If you've got a question, 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. American patriots, would you like to spend a day or two with other freedom-loving Americans? Learn rifle marksmanship while hearing the real story behind the American Revolution? If you said yes, then the Appleseed program is for you. Part shooting school, part oral history lesson, Appleseed has trained thousands of Americans nationwide. And with hundreds of shoots scheduled this year, you can be sure there's one near you. For more information, go to AppleseedInfo.org. That's AppleseedInfo.org. is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You can bring up whatever you want, though in order to do that, you'll have to be a little bit patient because we do have a special guest uh, who is joining us here tonight. Um, the number will be 800-259-9231, and that is the number if you've got a question for Jody Emery. She is uh, one of the heads over, and I guess the head now that her husband is in jail, uh, over at CannabisCulture.com. It's an interview I wish we didn't have to be doing because I wish Mark were not uh, in a federal prison. Heck of a nice guy, and he certainly doesn't deserve what's being done to him. Jody, uh, what are some of the things that – how is he being treated in uh, in Fed prison? I did read one of your Facebook posts that was pretty disturbing. What what has his experience been like? Like so far in there? Well, it's definitely soul-crushing. You're very isolated from the world, and it is maximum security being a remand center. Um, wow. However, Mark is able to do his best wherever he is. He's a brilliant mind. He thinks a lot, and so he's writing a lot and reading a lot. I've been sending him books. He's doing an interview and a life story about one of the inmates, a black gentleman who's 40, and he was forced to go to Vietnam, which ruined his life, mm. and he's had nothing since. Um, and so Mark is writing his life story. So a lot of the African-American inmates are coming up to Mark and being friendly. He's playing dominoes with them, and they call him the canoe, you know, making a little <laughs> fun. But uh, 
But he's, he's a very honest, blunt guy who wants nothing at all from anyone else. And whenever he has been in prison, because he has gone to jail for civil disobedience a number of times, sure. uh, whenever he goes to prison, people are, con- they confess to him because they know that by telling him their story, he will not be judgmental and he'll give them a moment of his time to make them feel like they are valued. So he's also had a different uh, uh, Hispanic inmate come up to him, and mostly they keep to themselves, but one of them came up and said, Are you Mark Emery? I read about you in High Times magazine. Oh man, can I have a can I have a photo and get your autograph? And so I guess they can do photos in there, um, so that Mark paid to have a photo made, so this guy could send it to his family because they wouldn't believe he was at the Prince of Pot. So, and yet another there was a guard there who came up to Mark and said, "You know, I've been reading your works for years, and you know, I'm really sorry this is happening." And that's kind of the experience Mark has had all along. And everybody I meet, they're just so shocked that this is happening. And for the five years where we fought his extradition, the majority of people said, no, no, that's not going to happen. It can't happen. But as we all know, when people sit back and just say it can't happen, that's when it does because they didn't take action. So though Mark is feeling, he gets very low at times because he's a very social creature and every moment of his waking life is spent with people in person, on the street, online, on Facebook, telling him how much they admire him, love him, think he's their hero, how he saved their life, and it's always nonstop uh, interaction with supporters, and he's really missing that right now. Uh, because, again, prison is to make you feel very alone and isolated, and he's always tuned into the news and what's going on. So being cut off, he said it's just some horrible groundhog day. They're not allowed outside, so there's no fresh air or sunlight. Um, now, Mark is, is, by the way, uh, there's another Mark on the show here tonight. He spent nine years in uh, in prisons, not federal prisons, but uh, in prisons down in Florida. And I'm sure you can relate to uh, to some of the things that uh, that are happening to uh, to Mark Emery right now, uh, Mark Edge here in the in the studio. Indeed, I mean, you know, it's uh, that's that sounds like what prison's like. Uh, so, at least he's making the most of it. It's one of the things that we found here uh, up here in New Hampshire, where, as you know, we've got the Free State Project, and and Ooh. hundreds of uh, liberty activists are converging. Soon, thousands uh, will be here, but we certainly don't have any um, any people that are put in jail that have the uh, the the level of renown that Mark Emery does. However, when they're in there they're communicating as mark is with uh, the other prisoners they're talking with the guards uh you know and and they're making connections and they're 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 making a difference even from uh from on the inside obviously they probably would be able to make a better difference on the outside but that's uh, some of them might argue that point uh but nonetheless good to hear that he's trying to you know he's doing his best to keep his spirits up and they aren't cutting you off from contacting him he is able to make calls out and and get in touch with you yeah and i i feel this uh, i'm so sad that the that the u.s taxpayer has to pay uh, to keep him in jail when it's just a vendetta. There's no, there's no reason yeah. he didn't do anything illegal in the United States. Uh, he there's sent- no victims. There's no victims except the pride of the U.S. government. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yep, they, you hurt their feelings and uh, they they're lashing out. Now, just let's rewind a little bit here, uh, Jody. I mean, you you are his uh, his wife, and you you seem to have been a partner of his for a long time, at least since I've uh, known the two of you and the, the the few years that we've uh, been doing interviews with you guys on this uh, this program. When did you meet Mark, and what were the circumstances, and what what got you involved in this movement? Well, funnily enough, when I was in high school, grade 8, 9, 10-ish, I was very much into authority. I was a teacher's pet, (laughs) principal's favorite, star leadership student, um, and I had sort of a fascination with uh, 
you know, military regimen and just like. So, you were know, you one of the crossing guards? <laughs> Did you have like the little badge and you uh, stopped the traffic? No, no. <laughs> no, I just took great pleasure in being favored by the authorities mm. over everyone else. But my best friends, uh, Ben and Greg, they started smoking pot. And I gave them a very hard time about it because I was very anti-drug. I thought mm-hmm. they were killing themselves and all that. But they read Cannabis Culture magazine and watched pot TV videos and told me about this Mark Emery fellow who's a seed seller and politician. And I thought that was pretty fascinating. And then 9-11 happened, and suddenly, you know, a lot of crazy stuff is going on in the world. And somehow my stoner friends were far more informed than my teachers and my fellow students. So, you know, by reading Cannabis Culture magazine and watching Pot TV, they knew all about the military-industrial complex, the wars abroad for oil, um, the abuses of human rights. They knew all about all of that. And I started to wonder, you know, why are the stupid stoners the ones who are really informed? Mm. And so I started to kind of have a little leeway, and I decided to try cannabis. And in the eyes of my teachers, perhaps that was the beginning of the end for me because I didn't <laughs> want to go to class anymore. I didn't want to listen to their bullshit. I oh, gosh, we got to hit the dump button on that one. <laughs> and you don't have the dump button up. Can I do have it up. It's gone. It's gone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. We're keeping. That. Normally we have to. Normally we drop our callers when they do that sort of thing, but we're going to keep you on because, well, you're <laughs> a little right, more important. I'll, I'll keep it clean. But, yep. yeah, so I found out about Mark, and I found him very inspiring, and we just started communicating online on his forums, the CannabisCulture.com forums. Now, Mark will talk to anyone and everybody, especially young people, because a lot of young people come to him after they've lost all faith in their teachers and parents and authority figures. So Mark was able to provide great advice and insight, and he saw in me what everyone else saw in me, a great desire to learn. Um, a great level of intelligence, if I may say so. And, you know, he really wanted me to educate myself. So we just kept in touch through messages. And when I graduated from St. Michael's University School in 2003, I decided a year later to come to Vancouver. And instead of going to university, I would just go and be an activist and start taking action right now instead of training myself to do stuff later. So I just went to rallies, and Mark and I spent a lot of time together, and then he was put in jail for a uh, passing a joint. He had a three-month sentence given to him in 2004, and during that time, our webmaster for POT TV said, you know, there's a new Internet thing coming up called a blog, and everyone's going to be blogging in a few years. Trust me, it sounded funny at the time, blog, but mm-hmm. I decided uh, Mark would write every night, and he would record it, and it'd be broadcast on POT TV, and then I would transcribe his audio. So for many hours, every night he was in jail, I would go through his emotions and go through all the history and everything he went over through his life and about the world and just... All this brilliance, I absorbed it, and I fell more and more madly in love with him. Oh, hang on, Jody. I'm gonna have to. I have to interrupt you there. We're gonna come back with more, though. It's a beautiful story. More with Jody Emery in a moment. This is Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com.
This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. If you've got a question for Jody Emery from CannabisCulture.com, she is with us here to talk, unfortunately, about her husband uh, being put in a jail cell, a uh, federal prison cell here in the United States. We'll get back into her story here in just a moment. But first, from Mark. What a week. Thank goodness it's finally Saturday, and uh, something to really be thankful thankful about is uh, Nature Bee. Here's Mike Buck to tell you all about their very special spring into summer deal. Hello there, Mark, and you're right. It's, yeah, we got this special deal coming up. And let me remind everybody, listening to Free Talk Live today, that good nutrition means that healthier mind and body. That's what we all need. More energy, better sleep, improved concentration, big old boost of the immune system, and that's what you get with these two golden capsules of Nature Bee. All the vitamins, amino acids, minerals, and antioxidants your body needs to handle these long weekends and then some. Now that everybody knows about uh, Nature Bee and what they can do, for, what it can do for their health, what can you do for them for a deal, Mike Buck? Yeah, what's the deal? All right, well, here's the deal. As you know, a big six-month supply of Nature Bee, normally ninety-nine ninety-five plus delivery. Right now, you also get three more months for free. But remember, that deal comes with a complete money-back guarantee as well. You're right, and it's, it is a great deal. Now, um, what's the best way for our listeners to, to make all that happen? There are actually two ways, and they're both pretty easy. If you want to dial long distance to New Zealand free, cool, 1-866-834-8355. That's 1-866-834-8355, all the way to the other end of the world, or, of course, online. Thank goodness that's free. Nature B-E-E, that's naturebee.com. There you go. Be just like me and get your Nature B right now. Call toll-free at 866 866- 834-8355 or go online to naturebee.com. All right, so you can visit our website at freetalklive.com. One of the features we have there is the Shrine of Female Listeners. We've got dozens of ladies uh, from around the world that have sent us their photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of this program. And a number of years ago, we got a, a picture, a validated photo, which means that in the picture, they, uh, the lady in question is proving that she listens to the show. Uh, we had a picture submitted by... Jody Emery, who's actually on the phones uh, with us tonight. So you can see her. She's still up over on the Shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. And, uh, Jody, you were kind of telling us a little bit of your backstory as to how you met the Prince of Pot, uh, Mark Emery, and, and uh, why you fell in love with him and what your story was. And, of course, now for our listeners just tuning in, uh, Mark has been extradited from Canada to the United States to uh, face sentencing on some nonsense garbage charges uh, in relation to him basically being the most renowned uh, marijuana activist in the world where essentially the federal government was uh, was targeting him to uh, to try to hurt him and of course everybody else that uh, that cares about him so he is uh, currently sitting in a federal uh, prison cell and you're on the outside you're taking care of everything which means you're an amazing lady i mean to be able to uh, to handle the stress of having mark going through all of this and going through it with him at his side and also to still have to run the operation of the business at the same time it really uh, that's got to be quite a task uh, both physically and and mentally uh so thank you uh, for for handling all of that and Let's pick up your story where we where we left it off. Well, I'm, I'm in addition to all that that I'm doing, I'm also trying to organize the Free Mark campaign. Free Mark. I'm trying to organize a Stop Bill S10 campaign here in Canada because our government is trying to introduce mandatory minimums, which have destroyed the American uh, oh boy. The population with the prison system. You guys don't have those yet. That, Wow. No, we don't, but they're they're being they've been introduced a couple times. We've managed to stop it, but again it's uh 
being reintroduced. And on top of that, I'm currently, if you hear background noise, it's because I'm at the Vancouver Convention Center. I was volunteering at the Green Party booth because I'm a candidate federally for the Green Party of Canada, and I'm also a candidate provincially for the BC, the British Columbia Green Party, as well as being a director at large of the BC Green Party and the policing and crime critic for the BC Green Party. So I have quite a few obligations and expectations of me, but Mark is a brilliant teacher, and that goes back to my falling in love with him. I've never met anybody so selflessly devoted to liberty and freedom as Mark, and somebody who would use the system of capitalism to make money uh, selling things that people want, and to use that to fund a peaceful, non-violent, botanical revolution uh, through democratic means. And that's inspired me to do the same. I ran for the BC Marijuana Party in 2005, just a year after moving to Vancouver, and again with Mark in a provincial by-election in 2008, and that was when the BC Green Party, the third party in our province, called upon us to get me to be a candidate. So, you know, I'm, I'm taking what Mark has taught me and I'm applying it to the political system because, you know, we all know how frustrating it is to have representatives who live in a different world. And that's what we're trying to accomplish with our campaign to free Mark, Mark Emery. We, we have people going into our representatives' offices. So up here we have Member of Parliament mm-hmm. and you have a congressman. But up here they have constituency offices and that's in the riding that they represent. And that's paid for by tax dollars and pretty much owned by the public. So we've started a campaign, and we've had quite a number of these already, where activists go into the constituency office and hold a sit-in, a little protest inside the office, which we cannot be forced on, even though the police are typically called to every Mm -hmm. sit-in. They do show up, but they try to remove us. And I was in our prime minister's office, by the way, uh, on Wednesday before Mark got sent away. I was in Calgary in the office of our Prime Minister, Stephen Harper, and we were there sitting in, refusing to leave. Out How of many people were, were there with you? I'm just curious. What's the scope of this uh, this activism? Well, at that, the one I was at in Stephen Harper's, we had at least a dozen people, wow. and other ones go from five people up to 15 or more, uh, and we're encouraging people just to do it with one or two of their friends, because for five years we did petitions and phone calls and letters and emails, And we even had petitions, 12,000 of them, presented into our parliament by the three three main parties, the Liberal Party, uh, which is the opposition, the Conservative Party, which is government, and the NDP, which is the third party. We had one member from each party present these petitions into parliament, formally asking that Mark not be extradited. We have enormous support behind us. But the federal government decided to proceed anyway. So well, they wouldn't want to. Uh, they wouldn't want to offend their uh, their masters in the United States federal <laughs> government. Yeah, there's some truth to that too. But again, you know, the U.S. government will not object to Mark being sent home. In fact, in 2008, the U.S. government offered a plea deal where Mark wouldn't have to go to the United States. He would just be charged in Canada if the Canadian government agreed to go along with this deal, and Mark would take a 10-year sentence. Uh, forcing him to serve five, but still, at least at home. And our government up here refused. So uh, we've kind of seen, uh, and in fact, the federal prosecutor who went after Mark originally, John McKay, he was in the 60 Minutes piece and the documentary about Mark. He has come out and said we need to change the marijuana laws. Really? So, you know, a lot of the people that are 
around Mark's case, you know, things are changing in the U.S. The United States government has been overgrown. That was Mark's slogan the whole time, was plant the seeds of freedom, overgrow the government. And you're seeing with the legalization on the California state uh, initiative and possibly being accepted into the Constitution if approved, uh, along with all the other medical marijuana states and different uh, ways that people are changing in the U.S., it's quite different from up here in Canada. So even though five years ago when Mark first got busted, you know, you still had the George Bush government, you still had Canada was still leaning towards the crim, but it's really taken a flip. And uh, we're going quite backwards here in Canada. It's very frightening. Our government is promising to spend billions of dollars building brand new prisons, even though our crime rate is at the lowest point it's ever been. So on top, a big part of the Free March campaign is really a campaign to get rid of the conservative government here in Canada because if we don't do that, Mark will never come home and we'll never see any liberty or freedom of any kind whatsoever. It's really so sad. And you mentioned that you guys tried the petitioning and you tried the, you know, the, the, the filing the paperwork and going through all of these governmental hoops. And, and when you look at the, some of the things that have happened here in the United States with Alaska at one point uh, doing a, a fair amount of decrim of uh, personal recreational use. And then, of course, there's always this constant pushback from the, the prohibitionist side uh, from the drug warriors who want to keep, even though the, the masses of the people are in favor of marijuana decrim or medical marijuana or some sort of chain positive change uh the the prohibitionists continue to push it and it's like you know one step two steps uh, one step forward two steps back uh jody you can stick with us for one more segment so hang on we'll bring you back and take your calls for jody at 800-259-9231 this is free talk live DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get behind the show for as little as 3 bucks a month. We've got a brand new system there that uh, makes it so you can administer your AMP account without having to wait on me uh, to go and do things. Still ironing a few bugs out, so bear with us if you're one of our, our first guinea pig users. But basically the idea is to send in 3 bucks via PayPal or any major credit card or some alternative options, and then we take that and re invest it into the show, which uh, is, is, I think, to some extent inspired by uh, by Mark Emery and the, the fact that basically every dollar he ever made at uh, doing Cannabis Culture Magazine and his uh, store in, in Vancouver, uh, he poured back into his uh, movement, the, uh, the marijuana decrim movement up there, and actually not just up there in Canada, but around the world, uh, p- people got money from Mark Emery and the the work that he was doing. Jody is with us. Uh, she's Mark's lovely wife, and she's also up on our Shrine of Female listeners at shrine.freetalklive.com. And Jody, thanks so much for taking time out of your, your weekend to uh, to tell your story and, and to update our listeners as to what's been going on. Are you still with us? Yes, absolutely. I'm just 
on their way heading out from this convention center to go uh, back to work and do an interview with the students wondering about marijuana policy. So the battle never ends. Now, what is it? Uh, Mark, you had a question about the political parties up there for Jody. Right. I was confused. wondering, uh, you know, you you'd said the, that you remember the Green Party there or uh, you know, running for some kind of uh, Green Party candidacy and, and that the uh, conservatives were in government. And I'm wondering how much different or the same are they to our conservatives and Greens? Because I can tell you the Greens around here, not so great on some issues. A lot of the problems I find with the Greens are their tendency towards global rules. And um, even though I joined the Green Party because they do advocate smaller government, um, a lot of this, you know, climate change hype really leads to big government rules and interference in our lives. So I'm just trying to change that from within. Um, I find Green Parties are often quite, quite varied, uh, depending on what issues they want to stick with the most. Um, so, you know, there's a bit of work to be done, but I found that the established parties are much more difficult to change. So if mm. I can take over a smaller party and steer it in my direction with the support I have, then we can, you know, have a big impact. I, I hope that works out for you. It seems like uh, whatever happens, I mean, for instance, the Libertarian Party here in uh, in the United States is having their national convention this weekend, and we might actually be hearing from somebody there. But what's been happening there is the Libertarian Party was small at you know at one point they gained in popularity, and once they got popular enough, uh, then all of the, uh, the the people that wanted to seize the reins of power within it uh, and turn it in a different direction did that. And now the Libertarian Party in the United States is a, a pale shell of its uh, of its former self, and it has uh, no it, it barely, barely even bears a resemblance to the the, the Libertarian Party that I. Joined joined a decade ago and so it seems like once you get yeah. a party to the to a certain size the political operatives from the others you know from the uh, republicans or democrats come in there and uh you know and they, they basically take it over and it's like you said it's almost impossible to do anything within the major parties it seems like the system is designed to prevent itself from being changed in a pro-freedom direction that's, that's yeah it's the establishment and the gov- the system of government that we have that makes it as such so, you know, again, part of me wonders if we have to follow the Atlas Shrugged route and just let everything fall apart and then come fix it later. But um, that's not really an option when you're a proactive person well, like me or yeah. Mark who wants to change things. You've got to do whatever so you is, can. Yep, yeah, you've got to do whatever you can with what you've got. And it sounded to me like you guys have been doing some really great kind of outside-the-box activism. I mean, you don't really hear very much about sit-ins. Uh, anymore. They happened years and years ago a lot here in uh, the United States, but I don't hear about them happening very often these days. Uh, right. We've got a nice civil disobedience movement going on up here in uh, in New Hampshire. And, and I, what was this? I saw one of your Facebook posts was about like blocking off traffic uh, as they were trying to, to take Mark yeah. out of the country. What happened with that? Well, when Mark was uh, formally taken out of the country, he was first he went back in on jail uh, May 10th on Monday because his bail expired and that was the due date for the justice minister to make his decision. And we had hoped that the minister would just seek another delay because there have been so many delays. That's how Mark got out last fall. Uh, but he decided to order Mark extradited. And then it was the 20th, the Thursday, uh, the day after I was in the prime minister's office, that Mark was formally picked up and driven across the border. So we decided, uh, with just a few hours' notice, to hold a rally shutting down the street out front of our store, um, but with the cooperation of the police, they just ended up blocking traffic at each end of the street, and 
you know, I thought, well, this is no good. We're not going to be seen or heard by anybody. Let's march. Mm. So we started walking up the street, a group of about 200 of us on short notice. We got that many together. Wow. And went through all the main corridors of downtown Vancouver for about two hours, just stopping in the middle of intersections, sitting down on the pavement, waving our signs and flags. And there's actually been a song rewritten. You know, John and Yoko did All We Are Saying Is Give Peace a Chance. Well, it's been rewritten to All We Are Saying Is Bring Emery Back. And so we have uh, people playing that song, and we all sit there and sing it. And it really goes back to, you know, the times of sit-ins and the bed-in in particular in Montreal with John and Yoko. Now, so we want to has... encourage people to go back to that because... Uh, and what we're doing to raise some controversy, it doesn't really mean much if you just go sit in the office. Mm-hmm. So what we're having people do is legal medical marijuana users who are authorized by the government of Canada to use and possess marijuana, they join us in our protest and bring their legal limit, which can often be quite a lot of pot, <laughs> and they start rolling it up inside the offices. So when the police come, they check their cards, and they go, oh, okay, well, yeah, you're legal, and we can't force you guys out of here. It's your charter rights to be there. So... Um, by doing so, we've been able to raise a lot of attention, and we just want to encourage everybody, people who are disappointed about the war, because our Canadian soldiers are working right alongside Americans in sure. Afghanistan, taking part in torture and slaughter of the most horrific kind. And there's a lot of people in Canada who are just so used to being a friendly country. They don't realize how quickly, since uh, Harper got elected, that our country has changed. So he's destroying gay rights, women's rights, social programs, and I'm not a big fan of welfare or social programs, but, you know, it is Canada. So, you know, a lot of things Harper is doing wrong are upsetting a lot of people and neglecting the environment, uh, terrible economic policy. He's the worst fiscal conservative you've ever met right, with his stimulus spending, and it's just a disaster. Yeah, another so big spending, uh, another big spending, uh, big government conservative is what it sounds like to me. Oh, don't worry, they exactly. don't actually tax you for it. They just, uh, they just, they, they tax your grandchildren. They just, they just deficit it, and, and your grandchildren yeah. have to pay. Uh, let, me, let me get a, another question. I think is pretty important for our audience since we're on, you know, seventy plus, almost eighty radio stations around the country uh, tonight. Uh, what is it that people in the United States can do? Because obviously they can't come up to Vancouver, most of them, because they'd have to go through the Border Patrol nightmare uh, in order to do that. But uh, what what can they do, uh, since they can't join you physically in some of the activism that's going on there, to, to help out? Well, we encourage them to do their own activism. And a lot of really fun, simple things to do include, you know, from the least risk, you can call into a radio show. You just don't even need to know, use your real name for a radio show. They don't, you know, check ID. Uh, so that's the least risk, and it's not very effective. But as you step up in the risk factor, you also step up in the effectiveness factor. So, um, for example, shutting down traffic in the middle of the street, you could get arrested, uh, but you don't necessarily need to. But we encourage people to make signs to hang off overpasses. Um, we're using the phrase, free Mark Emery so that people will wonder, well, who is Mark Emery? And when they look it up, even if they don't agree with marijuana policy or whatever it is that uh, most people associate Mark with, at least they're hearing a story about this Canadian who was sent off to a foreign country for political reasons. So we want people to put up signs and banners. And in a way, Mark loves Atlas Shrugged. It changed his life as it changed mine. But kind of like, who is John Galt? You know, who is Mark Emery? What, I love it. On? I think it's a great approach. Now, what about um, writing Mark in prison? Is there an address posted somewhere at Cannabis yeah. Culture? Yeah, at CannabisCulture.com and also at our website. We're developing. It's just starting, but freemark.ca. Okay. Uh, we have a list there with Mark's mailing address. 
Now, a lot of people think Mark has a lot of money, but again, he doesn't. He gave it all away, and in fact, he has a lot of debt to the government for income tax they think he still owes for a company he no longer runs. Uh, so anyone who can send letters or donations, the information is on our website, and Mark would really appreciate it. That makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, from When you're in jail and you're in prison and everything's being closed off uh, to get some people on the outside, even if you don't know who they are, saying that you make a difference and, and that you're important to them and, and sharing whatever it is their thoughts are is a really great, uh, at least oh. some level of human connection. So I want to get that website out again. It's free Mark with a C. That's M-A-R-C. Freemark.ca. That's a Canadian extension. So Freemark with a C dot C-A. Freemark.ca to go and get the address uh, for Mark Emery to write him in prison. And of course, CannabisCulture.com for all the latest news and uh, and developments in this uh, in this tragic and awful case. Jody Emery from Cannabis Culture, thank you so much for take, uh, taking your time out tonight. Oh, thank you guys so much. And keep fighting for freedom and liberty. It's the only way. <laughs> All right. Keep us in the loop as to what happens. We're always happy to help out uh, in whatever way we can. Thanks, Jody. All right. Peace. Thanks, Jody. Good night. Hour number two is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything at 800-259-9231. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Talk Live, the live Saturday edition of the program. Open phones. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. It's Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we can touch on that here as a, as a topic in a little bit. But the people are already on the lines. They already want to talk about whatever it is they want to talk about. So that's what we do. We take your phone calls. 800-259-9231. And you tell us what you want. 800-259-9231. It is live Saturday show. As we go to Corey, listening in Ohio. Corey, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how you doing, Ian? Corey, uh, from uh, the Voice of Radical Descent, uh, what is on your mind tonight? Well, um, I'm out here at the Libertarian Party National Convention this weekend. Um, we're out here in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, it's uh, This is like my first real big uh, Libertarian Party event that I've been to. Um, I've never been really active in the party. But I just wanted to call and like give an update about what I've seen so far and what I think. Okay. Well, before you before you do that, uh, let me get a little bit of history here. I was involved in the Libertarian Party for a number of years. I never went to one of their national conventions, uh, but I got burned out when I realized that it just wasn't going anywhere. Not only were were they not going anywhere in that they weren't really making a difference as far as 
uh, as far as their political returns are, are concerned. But uh, they were losing their way pr- uh, from their principle. And the principle behind the Libertarian Party, it's still there when you sign up for it, is that you uh, don't agree or you, you, you sign a statement basically saying that you don't support or advocate the initiation of force or aggression to achieve political or social goals. And that meant a lot to me when I, when I signed that. And what I saw from the party was it didn't seem to mean much to them anymore. And it just it kept getting worse until what seemed to be the, uh, the pinnacle of – or the, the absolute uh, – I guess pinnacle isn't the right, the right term, but uh, the, you know, the worst uh, – The depths? The depths, yeah. The mm. depths of the, uh, the, how far they could go away from their principle when they, they brought Bob Barr on as their presidential candidate in the year 2008 when they could have chosen someone who actually understands what liberty means uh, like Dr. Mary Ruart. And that to me just signaled the, uh, the real end of the, the libertarian party it had been a long time coming but there's a certain uh, group of folks out there and they've advertised on this program uh the libertarian reform caucus that no wait excuse me libertarian radical caucus that uh, wanted to get back in there and and take on the convention this year and and really bring the party back to its principled roots and so that's where you're reporting from and you're one of the more principled dudes out there so what is it you're, you're experiencing well that's funny because i was really excited to come out here for that and i you know how these things are. There's parties and everything at night, and I'm going around trying to find these radicals. And I've seen one event, which I unfortunately missed that they were at, and I have not met any of these people out here. And, it, I mean, that, that's one thing that's discouraging me. But um, other than that, what I've seen is a lot of uh, political posturing. And what really what is coming down to is the chair of the party. Uh, the vice presidential candidate in 08, Wayne Allen Root, is running for chair, and he's currently like the front runner, I guess. And then you've got four other guys that are running against him, but the consensus is either you're on route or it's anyone but route. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's getting kind of crazy, you know. Uh, it, it's just really, it's, and I talked to Root. I had an opportunity to talk to him. He blew us off a few times today, but we got to talk to him. And basically, you know, he not only said that uh, party is more important than principle, he basically said that activists that care about principle are worthless. And he's more of a radical because he believes that p- getting people to win is a more radical idea than keeping the philosophy. And when he says getting people to win, what he means is by he believes that by watering down the message of liberty and essentially making it some sort of uh, some kind of endorsement of uh, the t- tyranny of the state at some level, uh, watering down the message of liberty that you'll bring people on board with the Libertarian Party and thereby, uh, thereby win elections and thereby bringing about freedom for all. Uh, and of course, uh, if you look at the Bob Barr campaign in 2008, that tactic did not work, and it's been a tactic that the Libertarian Party has been trying for uh, moving towards for years. Is just essentially destroying their principle for the hopes that that will bring them more members and more participation in their party and more votes. votes yeah. And it doesn't uh, the, on a national level. I don't think it. You know, I mean, does does the guy who runs for Libertarian, uh, you know, the president of the Libertarian Party, does he think he's going to win? I mean, is that what they think? I, I, I it's a party of education, right? Well, that was the intention behind the Libertarian Party was to uh, create a party that was based on that principle, the principle of uh, non-aggression, and educate people as to what liberty really meant through their political campaigns. It was never intended uh, to to actually win. That was not the primary goal, if you will, of uh, of running a political campaign as a, as a Libertarian Party person. But as more party people like Wayne Allen Root or Bob Barr came in to take over, uh, it shifted in that direction where, well, screw principle, we'll do whatever we can 
trying to get five more votes. Uh, we'll, we'll destroy the message of liberty and confuse people about what liberty really means in the hopes that some people will vote for us. And in 2008, Bob Barr's voting uh, numbers were not much higher. I don't even know if it was statistically significantly higher than Harry Brown's election returns from two th- from the year 2000, a far more principled candidate. Uh, so really, and Bob Barr had the benefit of YouTube and the benefit of all the uh, social networking and all of those things. He Plus he had a name. I mean, oh, he and, was- and, yes. and, you know what's interesting about that is um, they, uh, George Philly sent out this uh, whole packet about this information. And it compared the number of members in the party and the funds that were coming in when Harry Brown was running, the so-called radical. And, like, it has dropped, like, 60% since 2000, like, wow. the amount of members in the party. So if that tells you anything, so as the they watered the down their message, the So what you're saying is the numbers show that as they water down their message, the activists are just turning tail and leaving the party and making it even more difficult for them to uh, to succeed. Yeah, I mean, as an organization, the party's growing, but, I mean... What's the point if if you have a whole bunch of, uh, I mean, maybe the state parties, some state parties are growing and whatever. I mean, as an organization, it, it may be growing in some ways, but it's actual membership, isn't it? Now, you told me and on the, the phone. Vote, and the votes aren't reflecting that, neither. You, you mentioned to me when we spoke earlier uh, you were gonna, that uh, you were going to call in about this tonight. And you mentioned that uh, this Wayne Allen Root guy, I mean, he's known as a, a multimillionaire. Uh, you, did you say he's bussing people in? Uh here, uh, the rumor that actually it's a verified rumor, but I can't get the person's name, is he was he was basically paying people's way to get here just to vote for him. So they'll vote for and him. I know the, the person chair. personally. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So but I can't get the person's name out, but I, so, I know he actually did this. So you you said you're feeling a little disillusioned because you can't really find the radicals there at the uh, Libertarian Party convention. Yeah. Who are, who are well, you? Any of them are listening. Well, who, uh, who are you running into? Well, I basically I'm just running into like more of the moderates, which is fine. I I I, I can I can kind of the pragmatists are fine. I have no issue with them. I just have a real issue with people that don't even believe in the me- message at all. So it's it, it's really discouraging to me. And you know, as a, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like do, I feel demoralized because uh, it seems as uh, because I'm principled that I'm almost looked down upon. Like mm. I'm not a practical person, and I am. I just I just think that. Watering down the message isn't going to help. And so you're because, a, you're a principled guy who's more than willing to work within the system, and they're they're looking down their nose at you because you're not good enough. You're not willing to water down your message too. So what use are you? Well, I mean, yeah, and it's not all of them. I mean, it's only a few people I've run into like that. But sure. it's it's been kind of I, I've had it, I've had that said to me a few times today in different ways, and I'm like I'm like, but you know, and me and Wayne got into it. Uh, we have it recorded. I'm going to probably upload at some point on my podcast, clean it up a little bit. But I mean, he, I mean, he really, he really dislikes anyone in the party that has principle. To me, he said, he said, uh, he said it shouldn't be the party of principle; it should be the party of winning. Mm. That was that was like his exact word. Really, you think the Libertarian Party is going to win anything? I mean, outside of New Hampshire, have they won anything but a dog catcher? Uh, it's a you know, I mean, at this point, they've been very good about uh, teaching people up, you know, for the last forty years or whatever, teaching people about the ideas of liberty. And now you're going to turn it into something that wins after all the states have you know, reacted in the ways that, that make their you know their their ballot access almost impossible. 
And I, if they could know. win, and if they could win, they would win by not telling people what liberty is really all about. And I find that to be a pretty dishonest uh, tactic. So um, I'm sorry it's been so, such a dismaying visit for you, uh, Corey. It's part of the reason why I quit the party publicly a couple of years ago, and one of the major reasons why I made the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project because I just saw the Libertarian Party as not being the answer for liberty. Maybe it would actually have a chance here in New Hampshire, where we actually have some real principled people that are together and they they care about these sorts of things. But it seems to me that getting together with other like-minded people in the same place and doing whatever it takes, civil disobedience or politics or anything, uh, is the real answer. And I thank you for the call and the thoughts. That's Corey Moore from the Voice of Radical Dissent reporting from the Libertarian Party convention. Uh, not sounding like it's going to work out for the, the Radical Caucus this, uh, this year. More coming Hard up. Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com this is free talk live you can take control of the airwaves dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll-free line 1-800-259-9231 join us online at freetalklive.com if you've missed a moment of the show you can just click and download they're right there on the front page of the website and they are yours for free. Click into the podcast. You can go all the way back to uh, early 2009, all free at freetalklive.com. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy for, to get, for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free website builder tools and templates. Use the code FTL. That's FTL as in Free Talk Live, and they'll give you your first month completely free at HostGator.com. If you don't use the code FTL, you don't get the first month free at HostGator.com. All right, 800-259-9231. We continue taking your phone calls about what you want, starting with Dave in Indianapolis listening to WXNT. Hello, Dave. Hi, how you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Dave? Um, I was wanting to talk to you about um, the lack of directive that I feel that the uh, Department of Homeland Security has. The lack of direction or directive? Uh, both. Okay, what, what do you mean? Uh, well, in a post-9-11 world... I think that the, uh, the Department of Homeland Security was established as a uh, political bureaucracy and not in the interest of protecting uh, the individual per se. So you're uh, saying they're not you're saying they're not doing enough. Uh, I'm saying that they're a very young agency. They've only only been around for what ten years now, and I don't think they know what they're supposed to be doing. What would you like uh, to see? I would like to see them. Uh, I would like to see them stop the, uh, the the terrorist attack that was thwarted by a uh, war veteran, thank God, in New York uh, with that car bomb. I, w- I would have liked to see uh, the Homeland Security uh, gather good intel and have some, you know, feet on the ground to stop that guy. I'm How do not they do it, though? 
I mean, that's 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 such an it's such an impossible thing. If somebody's, um, you know, just I mean, a guy drove a SUV into New York City and parked it. What kind of uh, intel are they supposed to come up with on that? I mean, what are they going to do if if somebody else decides to do that? It's just some guy with a few propane tanks and some fertilizer. Fortunately, it's the wrong kind of fertilizer. But but what could they do? I mean, isn't that the I mean, we, we take this bureau, we make this bureaucracy. We throw billions and billions and billions of dollars at it. I didn't do and that. It, and it obviously is going to fail. How are you going to stop something like that? That's a good question. Uh, I think that the number one thing that should have been on the Department of State's mind was the fact that that man was from uh, Pakistan. And it's just like this guy that was from the, the Fort Hood shooting, the instigator, who convinced this uh, traitor uh, soldier to go and shoot and kill his comrades. I guess there's there's more problems there with what you're saying. I mean, we have what you know, probably a million people in the United States that are of uh, of you know Middle Eastern descent that are probably act not just descent, but they they came over here. Um, plus, their children that were born here. Do you think we should ship them back? No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying at all. Well, there's a there's uh, a lot of them to watch, and um, many of them, I, I suspect, probably are not happy with the way things are going in the Middle East. I'm not happy with what the United States military is doing over there. Um, and so, what do you, uh, where, how do you draw the line between somebody who doesn't like U.S. foreign policy and happens to be of uh, of Middle Middle Eastern descent? And uh, what you, you know, and, and then the guy who's the tourist. It's impossible. And isn't it really the case here, uh, Dave, that you're, you're kind of looking at the symptoms of a problem that originally was created by government in the first place and attempting to solve it by suggesting other things the government can do to, uh, to deal with those symptoms? And, and specifically what I'm talking about is the fact that the U.S. government and its aggressive actions around the world uh, are essentially creating the threats that you believe the Department of Homeland Security should should be protecting people from. So the government created exactly. all of these terrorists in the first place. Exactly. Well, not, not, not necessarily all of them, but I think that uh, they're not, I don't think that they're, they're going about it in the right way to uh, change people people's uh, minds over things. I don't think, you know, going over there and sticking a gun in their face and then saying, we're your friends is necessarily the best thing to do. But Absolutely. Uh, and so, so would you, wouldn't you think that if the U.S. I mean, now we're in fantasy fantasy land, of course, but it's also a fantasy to believe the government can become efficient and actually catch these uh, these people. So let's just play in fantasy land. Uh, wouldn't it be? Uh, don't you think it'd be a better solution to have the U.S. military come back home from all of the 130 plus uh, countries that they currently occupy, including the Middle East, bring all of those people home, stop them from bombing and killing people around the world? Well, they're ordered they're, to do that, thereby I mean, stopping. Uh, stopping the creation of new terrorists and maybe even making it so the uh, the existing people that might want to be terrorists out there would say, huh, there's something changing over there in the United States. Maybe we should give them a second chance. Yes, exactly. All right, I'm glad we're on board. Thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. I have to say, I didn't expect that call to uh, you know go in that direction. Turn around that way. All right, let's continue. Always pleasant surprises here on Free Talk Live. Mark is in Tampa listening to WFLA. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live. Mark, I hear somebody. Hello? Put him you're on, going, hold. You're on the air back. going once, going twice. Let's put him on hold and try Phil listening to WSVG in Mount Jackson, Virginia. Hello, Phil. Hey, how are you doing this evening? Hey, Phil, what's on your mind tonight? 
Uh, honestly, when I was listening to that last guy, I didn't think that call would end so well either. <laughs> uh, it's amazing what a little bit of reason, uh, reasonable persuasion can do for somebody. Well, I'll tell you what, I got a little bit of uh, an update. I called you a couple weeks back. Uh, I was when I told you my sister who was in high school. She was trying to get into an advanced placement English class. The teacher was mandating they do 30 hours community service over the summer mm-hmm. as a prerequisite for getting into the class. Got it. Well, the teacher met with all the prospective students, and there also a list was handed out prior to this meeting for all the parents to see what she suggested as community service. Hmm. Interestingly enough, over half the suggestions she made were to go work for some for-profit uh, business for free. And that is interesting. As, as an internship? Not, not even, no, I guess you would call it an internship if you could come up with no better term for it. I call it, uh, you know, indentured labor myself. You know, yeah. you must go work for somebody, not get paid, just to get into this class. Yeah, that doesn't really seem like it, it fits in the category of uh, so-called community service. Seems like service no, was, to a business. Well, it was this and, and the fact that I really don't see why once we mandated to do community service to as a prerequisite for a class or to graduate, in my opinion. And then when this was con- the teacher was confronted with this, and she says, oh, well, this is my first time ever teaching at a high school level. I come from the colleges. I just thought it would be nice to bump their resumes up. I thought, well, you know, then do a little homework first and figure out what community service is. Saying I worked at a dishwasher in a local restaurant for 30 hours and didn't get paid for it doesn't denote community service. To me, it denotes uh, lunacy. Personally. Well, there's nothing wrong with but, doing an internship, right, uh, but like, you know, if it was a, that's not if it was service. a broadcasting class, and they say, "Well, go intern for uh, you know 30 hours or, or whatever at one of the local radio stations," as long as it's not owned in a monopoly situation like it is, like some of them are, uh, then I wouldn't have that big of a problem with it. Of course, it's uh, you know, it's just an AP not that, uh, English yeah. class, right? Thanks for the update on yeah. that, Phil. I, I, I tend to agree with you. I don't think that really qualifies as community service at all. But whatever. I mean, maybe you could have her work for you or something like that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a business owner. Come work for me and clean up my yard. Thanks for the call. More coming up. <laughs> this Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Stouffer's. Let's Fix Dinner. Find dinner ideas to bring your family together at the table at letsfixdinner.com. Juggling schedules so that everyone eats together can be tough. Try starting with one family dinner a week, whenever you can fit it in. Take turns picking the meal and have everyone pitch in. Working together will bring your family closer, even if it is just once a week. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. It's Memorial Day weekend, but it's just another weekend for us. We're here working. Uh, well, if you want to call this work, it's not like we're laying bricks. <laughs> um, so go to freetalklive.com to enjoy our website. There are a lot of features there, including stuff like our bulletin board system where you can get interactive with over 500,000 posts. Also, you'll find our webcam at cam.freetalklive.com where you can go and interact with other listeners in our chat room. So the camera and the chat room, both on the same page, all of it's completely free. 
at freetalklive.com. And the cam, by the way, is brought to you by memorydealers.com. You know, um, every, every time you turn around on AM um, or you know talk radio, you're hearing gold advertised. Uh, a lot of people buying gold and silver right now. I think it's a great idea. It's a hedge against inflation and investment or, or barter currency and things in case things really go south. But, uh, you know, you don't really know what you're getting. You're calling whatever gold number that it is that they give you, and you just call it. Well, I tried this at one point, and I found it very confusing. So what I did was I set up something so that our listeners would have a choice. They can go to gold.freetalklive.com. That's G-O-L-D dot freetalklive.com. I've got some coins there that are just there for their gold and silver value. It's not about collecting coins or anything like that. You can take those prices, compare them to what the other guys are, are buying and selling at, and then you'll get you'll know you get the best deal. We believe we've got the best deal over there at gold.freetalklive.com. All right, let's uh, continue taking your phone calls. We're going to give Mark in Tampa one more try here. I think he was uh, delivering a pizza at the time. Mark, listening to WFLA, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys, what's up? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Sorry I missed you the first time. No worries. Um, I was listening to another uh, station one time, and they were saying that that they have these super tankers that can go out there and pull up the oil and... Let and separate it and put the water back in and keep the oil. Why don't they have those big old things out there? You know, I don't know if those things exist. I've never heard of uh, of what you're saying, but it just seems like you could do that. I mean, there's all these oil spills that you hear about all the time. This still isn't the largest. Or something. Right. This isn't the largest oil spill that's happened yet. No kidding. This isn't it. No. I mean, they make it seem like this is catastrophic, and I'm not saying it's not catastrophic, but apparently there was one in Mexico that's, that was larger, mm. um, off the coast of Mexico that was larger, and you would think that they would, they'd be able to create some kind of vessel that would they kind of scoop in and, you know... They're, they're, uh, from what I heard, they're, they're big super tankers, and it separates it right there. Interesting. I, I don't know. Honestly, I haven't really been following the situation uh, too closely, so I don't know what they've tried and what they uh, what they haven't tried. But it's it's BP that's attempting the cleanup. It's not the government, right? Well, it should be the government because it's in federal waters. Well, I mean, I, I would rather have BP uh, do the cleanup than some government bureaucrats. It seems more likely they would get the job done. I know one thing they could do is don't make them drill out their so you know, if there's a spill, it's going to go, it's going to hit land anyway. So why don't they make it a little closer where they can actually do something if something happens? Well, what, isn't it the case that they're drilling out there because they can't drill in uh, in the United States? Yeah, they don't want them too close to the Correct. shore so you can see them. So maybe they could just be drilling in the United States and uh, we could uh, eliminate all the regulations on uh, these various companies and they could just uh, own the property that they drill on and then be responsible for it. Because, be a good thing. Right, because right now they're not responsible for it. As you said, the federal government uh, owns the uh, the oceans. So because they won't allow companies to uh, or people to homestead uh, ocean, they don't have the kind of uh, – they're not going to take care of it, that, that particular plot of ocean, if you will, if you can call an ocean a plot. Uh, that portion of the ocean is not being taken care of in the way that it would had BP actually owned it and had a real stake in it, in that they might have to sell and, it down the line. And, and the fact that they're responsible. Environmentalists for- too, because they don't want to, they don't want that drill in closer because you know dolphins or sea turtles or whatever. Well, I but think the dolphins are still there, out there, there anyway, but but yeah, I think they it are. was the environmentalist movement that drove them out into the ocean in the first place. Did they not? They don't even want them out there at all. Now now our great leader, Obama, doesn't want no drilling at all. 
Well, moratorium on everything. Oh yeah, you can believe there's going to be a moratorium, which is is silly. That's going to uh, raise you know, prices. It doesn't it doesn't change anything. It's not like there's it's more likely that there will be another oil spill simply because there is an oil spill. I mean that's purely political and it's accidents silly. happen. Yeah, that's true. Hey, thanks, uh, Mark, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So it's the government and their regulations that uh, that forced them out there in the first place. If they could get all the oil they needed from within the United States without having to go out in the middle of the ocean, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they couldn't, but I would presume they can because they just aren't allowed to. They're not even allowed to try, right? It, well, they make it so difficult to, uh, you know, to, to drill these days. And they won't even – it's not even easy to drill out in the ocean. It's my understanding that you can't build a new drilling platform. You have to just retrofit the existing ones. That can't be good, right? No. I mean, like old things break. Right. So you're, you're kind of running on old technology as well, and it seems like a, a less than ideal situation. And the idea of, uh, of a moratorium on all drilling, well, isn't that going to raise the prices of gas? If you can't drill here, you'll have to drill somewhere else and transport and all of that. Am I making sense here? Absolutely. Okay. 800-259-9231. Let's continue with your phone calls about what you want. Tom, listening in Tallahassee, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Hey, gents. Uh, I like your liberated spirit on the radio. I wish there was a party behind you, but at least you're on the radio, you know. Thanks, Tom. Um, And um, I want to say that I I voted for Obama. I trust him. I believe in him. I'm a guy that in the last three years lost a high-paying job in Chicago and lost uh, three homes in the last couple of years, lost uh, five automobiles, a couple of convertibles. My kids wow. and I were having a blast. And now I went from unemployment to uh, running out after 18 months to $200 in food stamps. And I could still say, you know, I don't care who's president. i got to creatively figure out how to resolve this at 60 years old, you know. And no sure. one else is going to do it for me, you know. You said you, you believed in Obama. You still believe in him? I mean, even yeah. after he didn't yeah. pull the troops yeah. out and after he's broken all the promises? Yeah, yeah. I, I believe that... him and I trust him. Well, I, 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 yeah, how, I, I guess my question is how can you believe a guy who says that he's going to create transparency in the government and didn't create transparency? How can you well, believe? You know, you know every, everything is idealism at first till reality sets in. And nobody knows what it's like to sit in his place till they get there. And he didn't know either, you know. So... You're dealing with a lot of different, um, oh, different kind of dynamics once you're actually in there. And then not only that, he was handed quite a mess, and then uh, quite a mess came afterwards with a lot of surprise world events. And so what I don't kind of ex- McCain- so is, I mean, is that the excuse that you tell yourself if uh, if he says he's going to pull the troops out of Iraq by a certain date and, and doesn't do it, you just say, well, you know, there's uh, realities that he has to no, deal no, with. No, no, no. I had I had no I had no. Uh, of uh, feelings in voting because of war, you know, there there wasn't. I wasn't voting for. But it's for still that. a lie. It doesn't matter whether you you uh, cared about that issue or not. If you right, if you but, make it an but issue, I, I, I don't have house. an I, I don't have an delusionary idealism about politicians telling the truth. I just want the one that might lie a little less and get something done. McCain, I don't think would have had the stamina. To handle all this mess. Oh, I, I agree that we, we we have the choice between two, uh, you know, crap sandwiches. I'm just willing to call Obama a crap sandwich. Yeah, and don't we all choose the lesser of the two evils? I don't. And, I and, won't participate. I I refuse to. I don't. I have, I have no interest in the federal government, and I'm not interested in playing in their little elections anymore. Right. I don't think that your vote on a federal level level matters matters anyway. I but mean, I understand the rationale. If you have the choice between uh, going and voting on a, uh, on in a federal election or bending over and picking up a penny, I would pick up the penny. Thanks for yeah, the call. And I, <laughs> oh, go, sorry. Go ahead. If you're still there. 
He's gone. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's talk to Jim, listening in South Carolina to WSCFM. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live. Jim? Colin, uh, appreciate you uh, talking to me, and I really enjoy your show. Thanks. Glad you're out there. Uh, What's on your mind tonight? I went, I'm going back about four or five calls ago, the one, the one you said, hey, that went pretty darn well. Uh, a lot better than I thought. And I, I'm just listening. I'm driving home. I was in the Air Force for 33 years. I just retired about three years ago. I was a commander, uh, flew missions and did it, and almost everything we've ever fought into mm. And uh, because we're in transport. So I took the troops in, pulled them out, went in, did at the last command base. We, we were activated two out of the three years I was there. But to throw out numbers like 130 countries we're in, and when you stick your gun in everybody's face, it's... I agree completely. I'll tell you what, Jim, I'm going to give you a chance to explain yourself. Hang on. We will come back with more with Jim here in a moment. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. And we'll see what Smedley Butler has to say about all this, too, coming up. Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. Again, 1-800-259-9231. You can also join us online at freetalklive.com. Our features on our site are free. Those other guys in talk radio want to charge you to uh, get you access to their sites. We give it away, and we give away more than they charge you for. So enjoy it over at freetalklive.com. Take the startpage.com's seven-day challenge. For seven days, use startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, but unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. They won't be holding on to your information. They won't be selling it to third parties. They won't be giving it over to the government. Um, It's startpage.com. It's completely private. It's third-party verified. Startpage.com. All right, it is the Memorial Day weekend, and Free Talk Live is on the air. We're here live. We'll take your calls about anything. And, of course, Memorial Day is a day in which people uh, memorialize or remember, if you will, the uh, the people who have died, so-called in service of freedom, although I don't know if I believe that claim. I don't think that the, uh, the U.S. military has particularly been out uh, doing much for freedom Certainly not in the last few decades, is my opinion. And, in fact, Jim is on the line with us here, and I'm not sure uh, where you were going. Jim, you said you'd been in the military for a long time, uh, the Air Force, and you ran a lot of missions in a, a number of conflicts. And you were making a statement right toward uh, when we hit the break there that right. uh, that you agreed with something that I'd said earlier. What what were you? No, I agree with you on, on many, many things. We are overstretched. I agree that that government governs best, that governs least. I agree probably that we have put our nose into way too many places but what I would prefer is we have a good dialogue on any time you get more than 10 or 15 people together, some bully wants to take over. And so we often hire a policeman or we do something to say, okay, how are we going to do this? And the debate we should be having is not throwing out things like 
the military and, and the U.S. military is in 130 countries shooting and bombing people. That's not really true. No, no, I don't. We're, if we're, I if I said that, Mark, I don't yes. believe I said that you were here sitting with me. Uh, I said that there are that, that many. Uh, the military is in that many countries. I did not say they were shooting and bombing in that many right. countries. Right. That was your sec- that was your sentence right after that one, which gave the impression, you know, when when in fact, you know, there's forty some wars going on in the world, and we're involved in about three of them in in any kind of significant way. You know, if you include the Colombian War, and if you include a few others, we're tr- we're we are overextended, in my opinion. Now, when you say um, we, I, I, you're talking about the U.S. federal government because I am yes. not uh, involved in any of this. Right, right. Uh, yes, the United States government, of which I'm a citizen, we are probably overextended and not doing as well as we could do. Uh, however, what the debate should be is, on the international level, just like on the local level, there are times when people join together to try to protect themselves from people who don't think like us, and we say, well, let's all just be free. Well, that's great, till the guy down the street comes down and steals everything out of your house, and you say, well, that didn't work out so well. What do we do? And, oh, by the way, he stole everything out of the guy next door and the guy next door and the guy next door. And so the the debate should be, how do we work together to use that limited amount of government that we're willing to give each other that limited amount of uh, power when we combine together to stop really, really bad guys. Well, I, I don't, do we I don't disagree with the, the idea of using, uh, if you have to use force to stop somebody from who's using force, I, I don't have a problem with that. But I would point out that you said, you know, the, the best government is, uh, you know, the best government is the government that governs the least. And the founding fathers really really hit this point hard. Jefferson hit this point hard. Someday. Madison hit this point hard. And they said that a standing military is the enemy of freedom. I agree. That's why I was ha- in the reserves for 33 years, and we have shrunk our reserve force down, and I suggested to our active duty, why don't you shrink on down and build up your reserve? If you think you need them, you'll have them. But you, we've shrunk both the active and the reserve down. But the, the government has access to the reserves. It has access to the National Guard. It has access to the, the actives. And it sends them to do wherever they want. I mean, we've got uh, the United States government has reserves all in the Middle East right now. And they are actively killing and bombing people. Sometimes right. they kill and bomb the wrong people. Right. And but when, I, don't want to get, I don't want to get on that. I'm, I'm, we can have a, a debate. I, I agree. I'm not sure we're doing anything right over there. I'm not sure it's the right way to do it. I'm not sure it's the right way to handle it. But I do believe there is something that should be done because of their aggressive plans. And and when I say they, uh, many people in Pakistan or Iran or uh, Afghanistan or Iraq might say, hey, it's not me. I'm not doing this. Oh, no, but somebody in your neighborhood is. Well, okay, but what what plans and why would they why would they plan to aggress against people in this country? What do you what do you think that the reason for that would be? Well, you could say you could go back and say, uh, well, it's everything we did, except for that before we were even a nation, they were doing this kind of stuff. Well, (laughs) I don't know. No, I'm I'm saying that people have been six thousand years of recorded history show that man has just been inhumane to himself. But I agree man's with that. getting more humane over time. But what we've, uh, what I believe, I don't think we're getting more humane. Yeah, you, World yeah, War Two, World War Three, I mean World War One, uh, Stalin, Mao. 
that we're getting more humane? I think that we're, we're not enslaving each other. It used to be that you'd go out and you'd take those people, you'd put them to work on your farm and enslave them. At least at the very least, now um, there, th- you know, that's not happening. It's a slow process. Only in America. It's, it's what a, about in Darfur? Look, uh, look. As far as, as far as your original question about uh, the idea of well, what can we do? We hire these people to uh, to keep us safe. It's an inaccurate statement in that I did not hire these people to do that that job. I would like to be able to hire someone uh, to provide me with protection services in a market uh, free market environment, but that is just not uh, that's not how it's working. What is happening is. We are forced to pay for whatever it is that they want to do in the name of so-called protection. And, of course, they're not actually protecting us from anything. They're going out there stirring up the hornet's nest around the world, making the situation worse. So the answer is to get rid of the federal government and to to essentially create your own whatever protection agencies you need to in the marketplace. Let's go back again to the Founding Fathers. That was one of the only legitimate reasons of the government was for defense one of the only legitimate but reasons. it doesn't you, you now, wait a minute the same like, organ but there's a there's a there's a there's a problem with that particular viewpoint and the idea that the government can protect you is ludicrous because they can't protect you from the government the government is the biggest aggressor no, in the entire I, world i agree. i'm not i'm not arguing about whether Again, that government. But I don't have anything to be afraid of from someone from Pakistan. My biggest threat in my life comes from the people calling themselves the government. They are the ones who are threatening my freedom. They are the ones who demand that I uh, obey them. And when it comes down, push to shove, um, and say, say you, you know, and the military is used to defend. Is it going to be used to defend your house, your property, and your stuff, or is it going to be used to defend the politicians' property and their stuff? uh, You. Know that Again, they're going to put those military in a big circle around however, the White House, and they're going to protect their guy. And they, when, you I, are the fodder. You, when that that sounds good, but the people in New York, if, if an enemy wants to attack, and this particular enemy knows, he knows. Hey, let's not go to attack the coastline of South Carolina. Nobody's going to care about that. Let's go get New York City. Let's get San Francisco. Let's get L.A. So somebody is coming, and it's not a small somebody. There is a large group and a large organization. If we say... I hey, am not afraid, hire- dude. I'm sorry. Somebody's coming, a large group. They're going to come hurt Pull us. Pull them all back. You don't, think the, you don't think no. the military can handle that? You don't think if this, this large group of people comes, the military can handle no, no, no. it right here the on our side? No, the large group, we can handle. We've got more bombs than any... We can, we can handle the large group. It's the individual. It's the small guy. It's the little cell of five, seven, nine people. Who and what's trained. the military doing to stop that? They, Besides they creating more of those cells, they now can't. Now we're having the good discussion. Should we have small cells over there where they have their training camps, and we have small cells? I, I say we should four, leave five. them the heck alone. And if they want to fight, they'll likely fight with somebody who's nearby. I'm not concerned about the red horde from Canada descending across the 49th parallel. I'm if our military was either. back here, then nobody from over there would want to come over here and blow up buildings. There's also no you real really legitimate concern. Absolutely. You really believe that. Absolutely. You if, really if you listen to what the they say. that the terrorists are coming over here and blowing up our buildings is because our military is over there? Yes, yes sir. And Absolutely. They have been for Most of those terrorists were Saudi Arabians. If you listen to, in fact, what Osama bin Laden said, he oh, said. Yeah, what he says. What? Do you think that's what Abu uh, Nadal Hassan thinks? He just 
hate America. I Nonsense. wonder why. America's oh, been over there for the 70 government. years. He hates the American government and the, the fact that they're aggressing against the, the, his, the, the people that are over in that area and that they have been and they brought their CIA in and they screwed up with the, you know the, all of their, their politics and the, the, putting their, their guys in, uh, in positions of power and just meddling. Supporting and kings. Thank you Supporting for the call tonight. Sheiks. Hour three's coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keen. Keen is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed Liberty Media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, newsprint, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, the busiest Liberty Forum in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition, Memorial Day weekend. We're here to take your phone calls about anything you want, as we always are. Tonight, it's Ian and Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. It is Memorial Day weekend, and to that end, Mark, you've got something you want to share, and I hope we get a chance to get to it. It's from Smedley Butler, who is a two-time Medal of Honor winner. That's correct. And it's his thoughts, uh, some, of his, some of his thoughts. He had a, I guess he wrote down quite a bit uh, way back in the day. Early portion of the 20th, uh, 20th century was when this was written. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll, so we'll hear what he has to say about war and the government uh, and aggression and all of that here in a moment. But first, let's continue with your phone calls about what you want and go to Steve listening in South Carolina to WSCFM. Hello, Steve. Hello. Hey, Steve, you're on the air. Hey, uh, I just wanted to give the listening audience here a little... Uh, education on this uh, oil platform that went down. Okay, sure. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I do some work in the oil business, and I was down in uh, Beaumont, Texas when it happened, and two days after it happened, they were already thinking several months before they could get a handle on it. Mm-hmm. But the rig itself cost about $350 million to build in 2001. It would cost double to build that today. Why is that? It cost... Uh, just inflation. Okay. Uh, safety standards. So safety um, standards have increased. Yeah. Okay. The uh, the rig costs five hundred thousand dollars a day to, to contract, and that's just the rig itself. By the time you put helicopters, drilling equipment, and support vessels, it's about a million dollars a day to operate it. Mm, wow. So if you got and they were just drilling, they, you know, it wasn't, uh, and they're drilling where the oil is. You can't just go anywhere for the oil. They right. have to go sure. to where the oil is. And, you know, that's why they drill where they're drilling. Uh, when the thing caught on fire in, uh, after a couple of days there, you could see the flames 35 miles away. Wow. It was pretty pretty big fire. Yeah. I've got some pretty awesome pictures of it here. 
the, and the rig itself now, it's not tethered to the ocean floor. It's what they got. Uh, it's called dynamic positioning, and it's got like thrusters on it, and a set of triple redundant computer that's got a satellite positioning system, and they'll move it, and it'll hold it within a foot of the place where the pipe that's going down to the well is. So it's you can imagine like if there was a hurricane or something out there in big seas, how much it's going to move around. So mm-hmm. it's it's pretty risky business. Sounds like it. Thanks for sharing um, that. Anything else you want to talk about? Um, well, just about, you know, get off the oil business. Uh, they're giving this, uh, they're giving gasoline away for $3 a gallon. They're paying way more than that for it over in Europe and China and places like that. That's all taxes. $3. That's, that's taxes and, and well, it's plus availability. They have the, well, plus the oil companies have the benefit of the, the trillion dollar military going and doing their uh, dirty work for them. So yeah, they, but they've got a it's, subsidy. It's, uh, but it's, at $3 a gallon, it's a bargain. So, People that think that it costs too much, they don't realize, you know, what. Oh, I agree. No, I, I agree with your statement. It likely should cost more uh, if they didn't have the government essentially backing them up with taxpayer dollars and basically subsidizing them by providing security services for their uh, their operations. And and another uh, quick political thing here is uh, I've heard a couple of your callers. That last caller you had, the military guy, I, I think he was very knowledgeable and. Uh, but there's there's millions of people on this planet. If they could push a button and obliterate New York City, they'd do it in a second. Why do you think they would and, do that as opposed to obliterating, say, uh, Sweden? Um, that part to me doesn't matter because it is where it is. Well, motivations matter. Uh, so yeah, why but, do you? But, but, I mean, the, what's the, New what's York the City. New York City is not the only place in the world where there's kind of a Western atmosphere. Uh, the right. United States isn't the only Western uh, nation in the world. So why is it that these terrorists are so focused on the United States? What is your speculation? Because when you're the police of the world, somebody's going to have it out for you. Oh, and so that's maybe, what... maybe our solution from last hour is a good one. Maybe the United States uh, government should not be policing the world. Right. And, and, you know, I agree with that, but my, my point is it's too late for that. You're never going to change it, and if you did change it, it would be it would take a, a couple generations to get so, to cleanse the people that hate us enough to push that button. What if you and sent it, an apology? It, what if you just said, hey, we're pulling the troops out, sorry? It would be, I think it would be too little too late. You've got people that, that, are, that were... Uh, so not even worth a try, huh? You're going to go kill somebody well, who just apologized to you? No, uh, well, you, you, they think it a whole different way. Than, see, now, uh, that's the dangerous you know, thing, is when you well, start well, saying they and that they think differently. I mean, who thinks differently? They probably love their children like you love their children. They probably want to be free which, like you want to be free. They probably want to make a good life for themselves like you want to make a good life for yourself. And I think they're probably a heck of a lot more like us, like you and I, than they are different. But they don't. They don't know what a good life is. They've had too little for so long that they don't know what they, they're. They're living on scraps of food. Uh, that, so go uh, over and the, blow up some of their buildings right, and kill so, their family so, members. So kill their kids. No, so they I'm can't not saying that at all. I'm saying. I'm saying this. It's too late for us to just pull away because there's people out there that it's are never to... too late to say i'm sorry for for making a mistake what your argument is is basically well we've been screwing i see what you're saying guys that we've been uh, the government has been screwing them over for so long but yeah since we've been since they've been screwing them over for so long well it should just continue on into the future because no, it's too late not to what stop I'm saying. 
That's what I'm saying. That's what you're interpreting as me as saying. Clarify, what I'm please. Saying is, no, no, you could pull... You could pull a lot of the troops out and a lot of that ground action that's going on, but there, somehow, some way, we've got to keep a finger on the groups that are trying to get uh, weapons of mass destruction in this country. And if we don't keep a direct pulse on that, it's going to happen. And then the people that didn't believe it are going to look at each other and, and say, wow, I never would have thought that would happen. So what do you think's keeping those pe- those people from getting weapons of mass destruction now? I mean, the ones that are fighting in Afghanistan, they're 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 just fighting. They're not running around looking for weapons of mass destruction. They're they're running around looking for guys in green outfits so they can put holes in them. Um, right, it's a, it's a temporary distraction. But, but I don't know that you're that the guys that are running around trying to put holes in in um, American military people are the best guys to be looking for weapons of mass destruction. Probably those those salesmen type or those, you know, whatever those guys are with the connections are still doing that. They're looking for these supposed suitcase nukes, which really are undocumented. Um, they're, they're looking into how can I get uh, Pakistan's into Pakistan's uh, nuclear program. They're looking to do that anyway. What does our military intervention in Afghanistan have to do with that? Well, it's 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 too late. In, in the history of man, there's never been a superpower or a dynasty that has lasted forever. Oh, I agree. They, they sooner crash and burn, and we're it's they spend themselves in no into oblivion on pointless wars. All you have to do is look at republic after republic, and that's how they fail because the military-industrial complex gets so involved in the government. Eisenhower warned us about it. He was a Republican, and he was a general from World War II. And then, then once the military-industrial complex, you know, gets all these wars going all over the place that have nothing to do with our freedom, and then the nations broke. And that's where we're well, going, right? I mean, that's I mean, what's that's uh, yeah, what's no, happening. Nine trillion. I, I agree with I agree with that portion of it, and I I, I really think there's a lot of it involved in uh, the powers that rule the world uh, as far as money. They need that war machine going to keep their coffers full. So I think there's a lot we I think there's a lot we agree on here. In fact, I'll go so far as to say I agree with you that it's too late. But what I would uh, the perspective I would put on that statement would be that it's too late to turn the U.S. government around and actually do anything that would resemble an apology or peace because government doesn't do that. They move uh, towards larger and larger government and more intrusion and more expense and uh, more uh, more just imprisoning their own people, etc. Until, as Mark points out, they just collapse in upon themselves and I can, all I can do is hope that that day comes sooner rather than later and I thank you for your call tonight 800-259-9231 because that would put a stop to the aggression in the Middle East if the you know when the US government finally runs out of uh, being able to extract wealth from the American people anymore. and he's, it's likely true the people in the Middle East will fight people in the Middle East it, I, as far as I'm concerned Israel should take take the chain off that that dog and let them defend themselves all right there's more coming up here and you can bring up what you want toll free at 800-259-9231 That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. We're here Memorial Day weekend taking your phone calls about, well, anything you want. It is Free Talk Live. Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at BigHeadPress.com slash PK. 
This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, and they include things like our webcam, which is available to you around the clock, though we're not always here in the studio around the clock. You'll hear audio from the Liberty Radio Network at uh, other times when we're not live on the air. But during the show, you can see us sitting here, though that's exciting or interesting, but it's there for you, and it's brought to you by MemoryDealers.com, plus the chat room is there, which I think is a real good attraction to the cam page, because not only can you watch and listen via the webcam, but you can also interact with our other listeners at the same time, and it's all free. But it's sponsored by MemoryDealers.com. I mean, the money has to come from somewhere. And they offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zenpacks, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP at up to 99% off list price. Memory dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. In stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery, that's MemoryDealers.com as we continue with your phone calls about what you want. Going to John, listening to WSC-FM in South Carolina. Hello, John. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? None. Um, as I've said. Called numerous times. I'm in law enforcement. You know the, the local friendly goon thug. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to let you know, guys, there is amazing the stupidity of some people. And I say I, y'all are doing a good job of getting the word out there. I, I support y'all. I'm all for getting the prohibition going. Um, I got my job and time and better spent on other things. Uh, it, it's amazing to me people who do not actually know the Fourth Amendment. I mean, the, not the Fourth Amendment. Yeah, the Fourth Amendment. The search procedures. Search. Okay, go ahead. I have to explain it to them left and right. They can actually turn me down and tell me no. Yeah. And then that's pretty much it. I mean, they can do it at any time. Now, that's a, that is a good cop there, by the way. I mean, yeah, any that's cop... enforcing that, the highest law on the land. And any cop that would actually uh, come to you and, and tell you that you have the right to say no to a search is definitely one of the good guys. You are uh, in law enforcement against prohibition. Is that right? Yeah, I, actually, I was, and then I stopped after the... Uh, one guy got kicked out. Oh, after the Brad Jardis fiasco. By the way, Brad is uh, is blogging over at freekeen.com now, so if you want to keep an eye on what he's been up to, that's a good place to do it. Yeah, I, I talked to y'all like a day or two after that happened, and then y'all were willing to inform me about it, so I stopped my membership with them. Did they ever get back to you and uh, say, oh, please, please come back, we'll be, we'll be nice, or did they even respond to your... your they rejection? didn't respond. I'm just, I'm just one in the number. Huh. You'd think that they would value the uh, the few members, uh, active duty cops that they uh, that they actually have, but apparently not. No, I guess not. Okay, I guess they can feel they can get someone else if they need to. So, what did you want to share tonight besides the fact that uh, people are clueless about the Fourth Amendment? I mean, they didn't learn that stuff in high, cover in high school. That's for sure. Yeah, well, it's, uh, that's basically it. I mean, I just don't need to keep it up. Well, we're doing, we're doing our best, and of course, one of the things that you can do to help out, uh, besides doing what you're doing to, to educate people in, uh, individually, is to you know, contact your local radio station, say thanks for airing Free Talk Live, and then ask them for a little bit more of the show. Thanks, okay, guys, thanks for the call, John. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's listeners like John uh, that made us number one there in Charleston, South Carolina. So thank you so much. For that, as we continue with your phone calls, let's talk to Joey listening in Jackson to the TJ Network. Hey, Joey. Joey, you're on the air. 
How you doing, Joe? Hey, what? Well, you're Joe, right? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. My bad. Oh, oh, not a problem. Where are you located? Where, where are you located, if you don't mind me asking? We, where you guys? Like, we are originally from the South, but we made the move to New Hampshire a few years ago as part of the uh, the Free State Project. Okay, good deal, good deal. So what's on well, your I'm mind calling tonight? From Jackson, Tennessee. I'm calling from Jackson, Tennessee, and yes, I just uh, represent Jackson, Tennessee. It's a good place to be, good place to visit, uh, but... Uh, there's a lot of issues there. Uh, we, we've had a lot of flooding in this area, in Jackson and Nashville and Memphis and, and the recent days, and our governor did a great job, but we, we really didn't get any, any response from our president. Now, what do you say, that, I'm just of, curious, when you say the governor did a great job, does that mean that the governor did a great job of going down for a photo op? I mean, what, what, what does the governor do in the, the event of flooding? Exactly. Th- that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Uh, you, so you're being facetious. The people of Tennessee was. did a great job when uh, during the flooding, is what I think. Yeah, that's what I'm leading up to. We, we, <laughs> there was no no rioting here, no looting, anything like that. Tennessee people are great people. It wasn't when a place got flooded out, everybody wanted to go and jerk out big screen TVs and mm-hmm. yep. knock down people and knock them over and take their purses and take them as a Tennessee are good people. But we got overlooked. Well, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Point, point of information. Point of information here. Was there an evacuation for for your flooding? Hey, well, it, it was fend for yourself, pretty much. I mean, you know, and you can't expect the government to just step in and bring boats in and get everybody out, you know, and move. But everybody. But what I, what I, the point of my question. The point of my question is, you're kind of comparing. Your, your, the suggestion here is that the people of Tennessee are better people than the people in, uh, say, New Orleans, uh, Louisiana. And I don't know if there's any truth to that statement. I think that what you're looking at is a situation. The situation down in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina was that they demanded that people leave. The government people. I know, to- I know. I know one thing in Tennessee, in Milan, Tennessee, and areas surrounding. When Katrina hit, they had to transport a lot of people here from that area, and those people were quite rude to the people in this area. The local people that lived in Jackson, and Milan, and Atwood, and Henderson, Tennessee, and places like that. When they were transported here, they were mean. And very, some of them, not all, but out of a hundred percent, at least at least forty percent didn't represent right when they came here but, and, and they acted like they, they were owed something you know i i watched the vi- i watched a video that was uh you know put together recently about what the flooding that went on in and and nashville and surrounding areas it it it, it, it uh, affected a much larger area but of course nashville gets the uh, gets the the news for it and it really did bring tears to my eyes and i think that it what they what happened was a great example of what can happen when a disaster strikes is that the individuals there uh, they, they help each other and they do things. It's when the government gets involved and say uh, demands that everybody leave and that kind of thing that, that things get the things get thrown out of kilter because well, people weren't allowed to stay and defend their property. And I think that's what really fell apart in, in uh, New Orleans. Right. That's, that's the point. Right, I that's, wanted, right. that's the point I wanted to make was that uh, the, the what keeps the glue that keeps society together are the individuals, not the cops. And the evidence of that is that uh, that down in New Orleans, when people were ordered to leave, the so-called law-abiding people did. And so really what you had left at that point were the cops and the other criminals who were out there robbing and, and stealing and doing uh, other criminal activities. So it made it look like things were a lot worse than they otherwise would have been. Had people been allowed to stay there, uh, then those uh, average folks would have held things together because they'd be there to defend their property and it'd be less likely that looting and, and such things would happen. And as to the people that were trucked up there, was it the federal government who brought them to Tennessee? Uh, yes, by busing. Yes, by, that explains. By that explains. Yeah, yes, then that explains the attitude. What's so sad about then. Tennessee is what's so sad about Tennessee is is that 
we were pretty much left to fend for ourselves. I mean, you know, and, and then FEMA Good. rolled in like you don't you want know, their help. You don't want later. the government you do to not come want in. their help. That's the best thing that could have happened to you because it was the attitude. You mentioned the attitude of entitlement that the people had when they were bussed up there. That's because they were in the hands of the government. The government creates the entitlement uh, mentality, and so, so I thank you for the thoughts and yeah, uh, and glad thanks you're for what, everything you did uh, to, to 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 make a great example for the rest of the nation. Thank you, sir. 800-259-9231, The SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up what you want. It's the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian here. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You know, I mentioned the uh, uh, the Free State Project earlier. We were asked by our last caller, where where are we? Well, we're here in New Hampshire. And it's not where we were born. We made the move here a few years ago as part of the Free State Project, which is an organization dedicated to bringing as many liberty-minded people together to the same place as possible. New Hampshire was the chosen state. It was uh, in a vote of uh, 10 different options, and New Hampshire won overwhelmingly. And people began moving early because the original intention of the Free State Project was to have 20 th- get to 20,000 members and then start the move, and then there'd be a five-year window in which those 20,000 people would move to New Hampshire. Turns out people decided we're not going to wait till 20,000 we're just going to go now and year after year more and more people have been making the move here to New Hampshire to the point where hundreds have uh, have made the move at this point hundreds of liberty-minded people have come up here and there are t- over 10,000 that are currently pledged to make the move so thousands more are expected we're still looking to get that 20,000 number and we're now more than half half the way there uh, but hundreds of those people are going to be meeting together in the same place this summertime for the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We'll be broadcasting live, and it's going to be a blast. There's so much that's scheduled to, uh, that on the itinerary. I can't even get in to scratch the surface of all of the different things, everything from parties to family events and everything in between, uh, underground sales at Agora Alley, people just doing business without asking government for permission, uh, selling everything from, uh, from silver to, to tattoos. So there's going to be all kinds of opportunities opportunities to socialize and hang out at campfires and go up the mountain climbing uh you know uh, uh, hiking shooting just going to be a great summertime camping atmosphere with hundreds of like-minded liberty-oriented people so we look forward to seeing you there you can go to porkfest2010.com to learn more and get registered that's porkfest with a c porkfest 2010 Dot com. As we continue taking your phone calls about whatever you want, let's talk to uh, Dave, I believe is in Indianapolis, listening to WXNT. Hello, Dave. Hi, how you doing? Dave, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I was just wanting to, uh, first and foremost, thank the veterans uh, for their service. And uh, secondly... So don't you think that's a little cliche? 
I, I do, but they're not the ones that make the decisions, though. Well, why now? Why should they be thanked for serving politicians? Yeah, that is true. Okay, uh, it's like I got a saying uh, that uh, people in army outfits um, go kill people for uh, people who are in suits. Yeah. And I don't find that honorable at all. I, well, I think that it's they can be courageous, and once you're stuck in the scenario, trying to get out would be very, very, very difficult. And you could get yourself killed by your commanding officer, things like that. I think they do things that are courageous once they get there, but it's like the... Yeah, I, I think that oftentimes it's wrong-headed, the signing up. Many of the things that are done sort of in the name of, of glory and honor and all that stuff. It's certainly not in service to peace, and it's not in service no. to me. I didn't ask for uh, for those services. So Anyway, just wanted to point you out on that one. Go ahead with your Thank thoughts. Thank you. And um, also, about 15 minutes ago, I heard you uh, talking about you know pulling all the troops out from all the, the countries, you know, and I guess setting up a, uh, a jubilee of... Homeland Security on our soil, but uh, oh, no, that wasn't my suggestion. Uh, what I, I think that pulling the troops out is a good first step, but there are many other steps that should be taken uh, at that point, and I think one of those steps should be to abolish the federal government entirely. Well, do you think there would be um, aggressions from other superpowers to uh, take over and leave America isolated, to take over uh, all these little small countries? that uh, don't really have any defense. You're as, are you asking if another country like China, the government of China, would attack, a, say, a smaller country like Thailand? Taiwan. Hey, yeah, exactly. Do you think that uh, China would have done such a thing if there was a consulate or an embassy smack dab in the middle of uh, where they... I don't know. I don't want to speculate on that because all I could do would be to speculate. Maybe the Chinese government would have done something like that, in which case... I think the free marketplace is the best answer to solving whatever those problems are. I don't think centralized bureaucracy is a good solution at all. So if, if indeed the, uh, the Chinese government people were attacking, say, Taiwan, uh, then people who were concerned about that could voluntarily band together to you know, possibly hire some uh, mercenaries or hire a protection force or form their own protection force and, and go over there and, and assist those folks. But there would be other people who don't believe in, uh, in, in conflict, uh, who, you know, want to stay away from all of that, who wouldn't then be forced into paying for it. So for me, I'm not interested necessarily in getting involved in other people's conflicts around the world on either side, and I would rather just stay out of it. So if you were, you know, really interested in helping the Taiwanese, then you'd be free to spend all the money and time you wanted on that, whereas I would be free to go about doing my business. But what if your country can't call on it and pretty much uh, demanded or ordered you to uh, to uh, go and engage enemies on foreign or, or domestic soil? Are you, you talking about it? the draft? Yeah, the draft. Uh, I, oh, am, I wouldn't go. Yeah, I'm, philo- I'm, I'm philosophically be... and morally against uh, you know killing people that I don't know, um, and you know whether they're on the battlefield or whatever the reason is. So if if they, the, my government chose to throw me in jail over it, that's where I'd go. There you go. Does that answer your question? Yes, hey, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you, Dave. 800-259-9231. And I, I'm sure, Mark, we would not be alone in our refusal to participate 
in such actions. I don't think I don't know that other people doing it uh, legitimizes it in any way. You know, that's argumentum ad populum. But uh, I think that, I'm just saying it's it's populum makes a difference when they're trying to, to force people to do things. If a bunch mm-hmm. of people refuse to do it, then it makes it pretty difficult on them. Well, the secretary of state's uh, envoy over in Afghanistan right now says that there is no reason other than supporting Obama's, uh, you know, righteous war that the United States is actually in Afghanistan, that mm-hmm. there is nothing to win there. So the thousand well, guys, that, the thousand military guys, our our military guys over there that have died, uh, you know, for whatever reason. I'm sorry to say what they've died for is the honor and the glory of Barack Obama no, they, or George service, Bush or whomever. And I'm just not interested in dying for that reason. It's not just that. It's not just – you're right that it's it's also for the, uh, the, the aggrandizement of the politicians, but it's also in service and it's a win for the military-industrial complex. If you want to talk about winning, the military-industrial complex is the winner because – no matter who gets killed, whether it's the United States military or the Afghanis or whoever. The bullet that killed them needs to be replaced. It's, yeah, the bombs and the bullets and the tanks and everything like that. They get themselves a nice sweet contract for 2011 and 2012 and on, and that they're the winners, and everybody else is paying the price. 1-800-259-9231. Let's continue with your calls and talk to, uh, let's go to Brett, listening in Iowa. Brett, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Mark. Hey, guys. Well, first and foremost, I would like to say shame on the troops for aggressing against others and taking my money via tax dollars. Um, I think that needs to be said a little more often. Um, but uh, the reason I called was uh, I just got pulled over, and uh, I know I'm kind of preaching to the choir on this, but you know, I, I just wanted to talk about it and talk okay. about how, I guess, shady the way that they did it was. You know, it, it was, uh, you know, I'll admit, I did not completely come to a stop at a stop sign, but you know when you drive, you kind of will come to an almost stop. And you horrible, and dangerous man. You're putting know, people's lives. Children, children. children. Absolutely <laughs> the most fundraising aspect of uh, the, oh, the yeah. whole policing job. Because if you put a camera, I, th- as a matter of fact, News agencies have done this. Put cameras up near police stations and watch <laughs> cops do the same gosh yeah. darn thing. Oh, absolutely. The fact well, the is, everybody was, does that. The funny thing was, this was actually out in the middle of nowhere. This was on a country road. Sure. I mean, there were no kids around, no people or anything like that. So, but anyway, so I, I, you know, of course I didn't completely, literally come to a stop, but I slowed down, I looked, and nobody was coming, so I went. Uh, And then the sheriff decided to, you know, do a little U-turn, pull me over, and, uh, you know, I've, I've, uh, you know, listened to the show enough, and I've seen enough uh, videos of, of, you know, lawyers saying, you know, you, this is what you should and should not say to police. And, you know, of course, I didn't incriminate myself in anything, but I, I think that actually kind of backfired on me this I time I want you around. to explain how here in a moment. Hang on. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, the police stop. Brett pulled over just moments ago, so it's fresh in his mind. He's going to tell the story. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind, even in these moments, or remaining moments, rather. One more segment to come. We'll uh, do our best to fit you in. This is Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. We'll be right back. 
This is Free Talk Live. I'm not going to give the phone lines out here. We're loaded up with calls, and we'll do our best to get to you if you're on the line, so do be patient. It is Ian here. And Mark. And our website. We'll give that to you. That's freetalklive.com. Get a lot of features there, and they're all free for you. Listening options included. Live streams available around the clock. Broadband and dial-up flavors. Our webcam is there, of course. And listen lines, which allow you to listen in from any phone that can dial long distance. Get all the details. Get tuned in at listen.freetalklive.com. School Sucks Podcast provides ideas and information about the eventual end of childhood subjugation. Because indoctrination plus regurgitation plus graduation does not add up to a real education. Please visit schoolsucksproject.com to learn more. All right, 800. Oh, not going to give the number up. That's <laughs> a good habit. Anyway, we're going to continue here with uh, your phone calls, and we'll bring Brett back in Iowa. Now, Brett, you said you were just pulled over, and you attempted to stand up for your rights, uh, but things went bad. What happened? Brett, did we lose Brett? Brett in Iowa, going once. Brett in Iowa, going twice. Well, maybe he'll call next week. Uh, or on Monday night, and let us know what happened then. So in the meantime, we will continue here uh, with your phone calls. Norwood, listening to the TJ Network in Jackson. Norwood. Yes, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've, this, we've got the biggest oil, oil spill in, in the Gulf that, uh, that's ever happened anywhere, and I, I don't hear anybody mentioning the idea that there might be terrorism or sabotage uh, involved in this, this thing. And it seems uh, so coincidental that the BP Oil Company is is a company that uses more uh, American oil than any other uh, uh, one of the oil, well more oil, most of the oil comes from America, and this uh, location of this uh, explosion is in a spot that could possibly do the most damage to our coastline anywhere else in the world. I have to say it's an interesting suggestion, and you're right. I've never heard anybody make it before. You know. Oh, my gosh, this is uh, being suggested all over the interwebs. Oh, well, I don't look around for oil spill stuff on the Internet, I guess. But uh, on the air, I've never heard that before. So, Yeah, the, the, last, the last thing is that it exploded and damaged in such a way that it was the most difficult way to try to cap it off. And, and you know, it just seems, uh, to those three coincidentals, it seemed kind of odd to me. Indeed. Thank you for the call tonight, Norwood. I appreciate hearing from you. Let's continue and talk to Brandon, I believe, in South Carolina, listening to WSCFM. Hello, Brandon. Hello, how are you? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? I was just wondering, you know, you mentioned uh, about the troops and uh, not not really, uh, you know, they haven't performed any services for you uh, that you mentioned on the earlier phone call. And, uh, yeah. you know, um, I just why do you say that? Why do you think they've never done anything for you? Well, they work for a coercive uh, monopoly that has actively threatened my freedom. So um, I'm not sure how that would uh, how they would have possibly have ever done anything for me. They work for a, a government uh, that is uh, is by nature aggressive against peaceful people. Granted, granted, sometimes there is you know some corruption going on and, and things like no, that. No, no, it's not about corruption. Um, There's always corruption going on, but it's about the the nature of the agency of government, the idea, the concept itself. Uh, it's morally bankrupt, and there's nothing uh, that I could possibly support about what they do. And the other gentleman mentioned, you know, that, that to honor some of those kids and and you know in the situations that they're there and they have to follow orders. Um, you know, some some people join the military. I had two brothers, you know, join the military because they had no other way, uh, you know, to pay for college. Uh, you know, military pays for college. But that doesn't justify anything that they do. Yeah, and if the only if the only way I could pay for college was robbing a bank doesn't make doesn't justify that activity, right? 
That's a justify. It means that legally, you know, they're trying to do something to go to college, and that was the only option they had. You know, it was for the military to help them pay for college, you know, so they go and serve honorably. You know, and in that role, if you're asked to, to uh, you know, uh, do something, you know, you're okay. You have to go here and, and kill these people. I mean, that that's something you have to do. Okay, so uh, no, you I'll, don't. I'll, I'll grant, right, right. You don't have to go. There's lots of people who don't go. They just refuse to go. But uh, you know, I think that there's that's one step. The next step is to say is to put your hand over your heart and wave the flag and say thank you, thank you for going over there and killing those people when those people never threatened me in any way, shape, or form. And the you know whether it's whether it's Vietnam or uh, Grenada or Iraq or Afghanistan or uh, Bosnia Herzegovina or, or wherever Korea you you pick it in the last 7 decades I don't think any of those places those those little backwaters stone age places were going to come and do anything to us in the United States well, I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, Afghanistan and the terrorists that are based there. I mean, you don't think that that we have we have prevented something, or, or at least you know hurt their infrastructure uh, and what they can actually you know manifest and attack in America uh, by the military action in, in Afghanistan. Not necessarily Iraq. I understand you know that's a farce. You know, probably largely for oil, but anytime uh, Afghanistan. You, anytime you go and blow people up uh, and kill people, especially innocent people, it upsets other people. And it turns them into terrorists. So yeah, it's I think very we've likely... grown their ranks. Yeah. I don't know about their infrastructure. I suspect that this uh, this 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 group is very difficult to nail down. Probably because they were trained by the CIA, and um, you know they've they've got a lot of those tricks. So they're probably they've they've moved, and they're not in Afghanistan anymore. The, the, you don't find Al Qaeda too much in Afghanistan. You find the Taliban, which were locals that didn't know how to turn over Osama bin Laden and told the United States government, why don't you show us some evidence? And the United States government says, we don't need no stinking evidence. We're the United States government. You don't turn over Osama bin Laden. We're going to bomb you. And they did. All right. Hey, Brandon, I wish we could keep going with the conversation. Call us Monday night if you want to continue. Uh, we're on six nights a week, uh, 7 to 10 at night Eastern. We'd be happy to uh, get into detail. But I want to make sure we get some other folks on here before the show wraps out, like Ryan listening to KGOE in Eureka, California. Hello, Ryan. Hello. Hey, how are you guys? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, I was just kind of curious. I, you know, I've been listening to you guys for a while here. Um, me and my buddies, we all, we all camp out here in Eureka. Right know? on. And, uh, yeah, we, so we listen to a lot of talk radio. And uh, I was curious, like, you know, are you guys, like, centralizing in, in communities in, in New Hampshire? Or is it, is it just, like, are you guys going to, like, try and get so, you know, like, because I was asking, are you guys consider yourselves libertarians? I used, what, to you know? use, I used to use that term. I, I prefer the term voluntarist myself these days. Voluntarist. Uh, which okay. means that I don't, I don't support any uh, aggression or any coercion between in, in human relationships. And the answer to your question is that liberty-minded people, some would call themselves libertarians, some would call themselves Democrats or Republicans or something else, you know, anarcho-capitalists, etc. A variety of people who generally have a pro-liberty viewpoint are making the move to New Hampshire. Uh, some of them are concentrating in in areas more so than other areas. So there's a little town called Grafton, and there's a number of folks that have moved up there. Uh, Keene and Manchester are two destinations. A lot of more of the political activists are but moving up to cities. Concord. Right. But yeah, there's not like an actual, I don't know if there's any, well, I guess there are some intentional kind of uh, liberty communities being built here in certain places, mm-hmm. but they're, they're real early on. Early People ground. are buying houses and living their lives yeah. uh, like, it's sort of normal. There's no co- liberty communes going on. I don't know about that, Mark. Yeah. There are some there people are that few, have... Okay. There may be some liberty communes neither ian nor i live in them no yeah that's true does that answer your question yeah so i mean is it like a you guys gonna is it like trying you know like like uh, your senator you try and get a a, you know uh voluntary 
uh, you know, like a volunteerism or libertarian senator and, you know, congressman representing all that. Some people are trying to do that. This is a wide-ranging movement of people. There are people doing civil disobedience, non-cooperation, creating media, and there are people doing the the, uh, political activism thing as well. There are already a handful of uh, state house representatives who are from the Free State Project that are elected. Quick recommendation for you. There's a good, we are running out of time It's not happening in any other state. But there's a good, there's a real good uh, place for you to go online to take a look. FreeStateProject.org is the place you want to go to learn more about the generally what's happening here in New Hampshire. If you want to find out more about some of the things that are happening in our corner of the state, FreeKeen.com is a good place to go. Lots of great video footage uh, and uh, and various different audio and blog posts and things like that are there. But there's all kinds of uh, media resources here in New Hampshire. And uh, I thank you for the call. Again, FreeStateProject.org and FreeKeen.com. And if you get a chance, come up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Uh, this coming up next month here, the 24th through the 27th, porkfest2010.com is where you can go to learn more about that. That's Porkfest with a C. So there's lots to talk about, and we certainly can't do it in the next uh, minute and a half. So let's talk to Elvin listening in Jackson to WTJS, the TJ Network. Hello, Elvin. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, I just want to encourage Christians who are listening to your program tonight to uh, stand up for uh, their faith in a nonviolent Jesus Christ. I was a federal prison chaplain for five years, and I uh, came to a realization that what I was involved in, the use of uh, human coercion, even the use of deadly violence, was wrong according to the teaching of Christ. And uh, Mm. I moved uh, to Jackson, Tennessee, and in my community, I go out on Sunday mornings and stand in front of churches with a sign that says, Love Your Enemies, Dash Jesus, and on the opposite sign... It says, kill your enemies, dash military, so people can really be confronted with... I love it. Yeah, I can't, totally cannot understand how in the world somebody can call themselves a Christian and support the military stuff that goes around around the world. It's Who worship would of Jesus the state. Bomb? Who it's, would Jesus kill? It's a false they've idol. Got a, yeah, they've got the religion that's uh, that that that, that uh, Paul warned about on uh, Patmos. Uh, John warned about on Patmos. They've got the Antichrist religion. Hey, great call tonight, Elvin. Thank you for getting out there and doing that and reaching out to the uh, so-called Christians out there. They really need to wake up. Uh, and we're out of time, Mark. We are done. We'll be back Monday night, though. Monday Join night. us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Oh, and the Sunday show's tomorrow, too. Hey, America. How do you use WebEx? We use WebEx for our fantasy baseball draft. I use WebEx to record meetings so anyone who misses it can see it, hear it, and get up to speed quickly. My son came home from school sick yesterday. Thanks to WebEx, I didn't miss the client meeting. I saw everything right on my cell phone. Got an idea? Start a WebEx. Connect online and share what's on your computer screen with others, cross town or cross country. Share presentations, conduct training sessions. You can even pass the ball and let others take control. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code free trial to get a free trial and a free VoIP headset. Remember that code free trial. WebEx from Cisco. WebEX.com. Free headsets available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. Go to WebEx.com and click the radio graphic and enter promo code FREETRIAL.